Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll catch up with some local farmers and find out how harvest is coming along. Up first in today's country comment, we're joined by Tyler Fulton, president of Manitoba Beef Producers. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba and federal governments have launched two programs under the agri-recovery framework for livestock producers to help with the extraordinary costs incurred for feed and transportation. They include the Livestock Feed and Transportation Drought Assistance Program and the Livestock Transportation Drought Assistance Program. I caught up with Tyler Fulton. He's the president of Manitoba Beef Producers. I think it's been a long anticipated um, you know wait for the for the details of agri recovery um, but I I believe that the program will help uh, a lot of producers in Manitoba um, in particular with uh, securing winter feed um, there is obviously still some question as to how much uh, winter feed there is that has been produced uh, in Manitoba and across the prairies. But um, this program will help to um, offset some of the extraordinary costs that have gone into that, um, just given that most, uh, you know, most producers are looking at reduced yields of their hay crop and will be forced to, you know, to try to find other feed sources. Um, and so this will help uh, to, to cover off some of those costs, not not just for the the payment of of those additional feeds, but also for the transportation of those of those feeds. A couple of programs announced. The first one here, I wanted to talk about the livestock feed and transportation drought assistance program. Um, I guess just talk a little bit about that and what's what's involved there. The idea here is that there would be a maximum of two hundred and fifty dollars of um, feed costs that would be reimbursable. But the first 50 of feed expenses would rest with the producer. Um, And then anything beyond that is shared um, roughly 75% of the, of beyond that $50 is reimbursable um, to a maximum of $250. So it's a little bit um, complex, I think, to, follow initially but the the concept is for those that had to you know that have to purchase a significant quantity of their winter feed um, they'll be able to uh, submit receipts either for transportation or for the actual feed itself um, and uh, and be able to uh, you know lower their their total costs a bit the other uh, program uh, I guess similar name but uh a different idea here. The livestock transportation um, uh, program. Um, just uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah. So uh, to me, the the, the province kind of um, responded. I think um, with with the principle of letting the producers, the individual producers, decide how best to tackle the issue of of the drought. Um, and so the the livestock transportation side. Uh, effectively supports producers that feel like it's the best option for them to ship those animals um, to where the feed is. 
as opposed to bringing the feed to their farms. Um, and so I, I think the, the concept here is that it, it provides more flexibility for producers to do what's right for them. And, and I, I think that's a, a really good approach to it. One of the other kind of advantages of it is that while, you know, while it's only covering a portion of those added transportation costs, um, it, it really does, um, it really does kind of let those individual producers to, you know, make the decisions that are best for them. And the other part here that was announced uh, as the province is uh, in the process of putting together a cowherd uh, rebuilding program, I guess further details coming on that, but um, I guess just thoughts on, on how that could help. Yeah, early on, Manitoba Beef Producers was a pretty strong advocate to, to have an agri-recovery program or a portion of the recovery program reflect the fact that some individual producers were forced to disperse their herd. And so um, what the, you know, what the phase two would be, the concept would be to help, um, help deal with the extraordinary costs of buying back in to the, to the industry with, with higher, you know, higher cost breeding stock, um, after you've sold for really fire sale prices for, for very low prices. So something to address those producers that had this massive equity drain uh, in response to the, the drought measures that or the measures they took to, to deal with the drought. Um, it would have been, in my opinion, unfair to, um, you know, to, to ignore those producers that were forced to kind of make those tough decisions. That was Manitoba Beef Producers President Tyler Fulton. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says harvest completion across all regions of the province has reached 35%. Cooler, wet and humid weather has delayed harvest operations, which will affect the quality of remaining unharvested cereal acres. Soil moisture has rapidly improved in nearly all areas of the province, with the top 30 centimeters of soil showing conditions as optimal to wet based on field capacity. Wetter surface conditions in many fields have meant that sprayer desiccant or harvesting operations have left ruts or tracks. Substantial rains have meant that hay and pasture land has now greened up and livestock producers are intensively managing regrowth areas to support fall grazing. The Manitoba and federal governments have launched two programs under the Agra Recovery Framework for livestock producers to help with the extraordinary costs incurred for feed and transportation. They include the Livestock Feed and Transportation Drought Assistance Program and the Livestock Transportation Drought Assistance Program. Here's Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. These dry conditions across Manitoba has created extremely stressful and challenging situations for many producers and the agriculture sector continues to display the resiliency of our farm families. Our government has worked diligently with our stakeholder groups provide the best outcomes to our producers. Manitoba is also in the process of designing a cow herd rebuilding program. And Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is giving a crop update in this week's Bean Reports. Laura Schmidt is a production specialist. 
Soybeans range from R6 and a half, which is beginning maturity, to R7, where there's at least one brown pod on the main stem. Some fields are rapidly approaching R8, or full maturity. The rains have helped fill pods and increase seed size in fields that were not mature when the rains fell. Also note that once soybeans have reached R7, they are considered safe from a fall frost, so that's pretty good news right now. Schmidt notes dry beans range from beginning to full maturity. Field pea harvest is complete in most areas, and faba bean harvest has also started. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, September 1st. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendalee Allen Vosser talks with livestock and feed extension specialist Dwayne Summick. The widespread drought has livestock producers scrambling to find feed. Glendalee Allen Vosser talked with the livestock and feed extension specialist Dwayne Summick about developing that winter feeding program. Dwayne, of course, right now your phones are busy. You're getting, no doubt, a lot of calls from producers looking at at strategies and trying to figure out how to get their herd through the next few weeks and months. That's right. We're getting lots of calls on planning in the winter feeding program, looking at what we can do to supplement uh, pasture right now, Um, things like uh, weaning the calves early or creep feeding the calves to alleviate some of the demands on the pasture. Um, and then we're moving on into planning for the winter feeding uh, winter feeding program. And uh, we're looking at salvaging all kinds of different crops. Um, there's been a lot of questions about um, barley crops that aren't fully developed, that there's barley that it headed out, but then the heads didn't fill. Well, what kind of feed is that going to make? And the, unfortunately, my answer has to be until you wrap it up and test it at the lab, we really don't know, but it's going to give us something to work with has kind of been the answer. And so there's different things that we need to worry about. Um, on the cereal green feeds, There's we've got concerns about the potential for nitrate accumulation so we're making sure that people are aware that we need to test when we're feed testing, that we're testing for ni- the annual cereals for nitrates. Um, lately, there's been some interest in uh, salvaging some canola, uh, specifically up here in the Kindersley area. There's been some canola that's been hailed, and so now it's, well, do we cut this canola stems and use it as basically as straw? And even then, we have to worry about... Uh, making sure that we test the canola the canola feeds for sulfur content and, and probably even want to con- consider testing for nitrates in those products as well. And so there's been a whole gamut. Uh, then there's been questions on uh, feeding straw and how much grain am I going to have to feed with the straw? What do I need to put together with what to stretch things as far as I can? And so a lot of the questions are revolving around really developing the winter feeding program and that really starts now i know in in talking to a couple of people they said you know i might be able to get by for two weeks on my pasture and then i'm gonna have to start looking at feeding and that's been a common common uh phrase common concern Uh, we're looking at starting our 
stubble grazing programs here right away. And given that the crop aftermath is going to be a lot thinner than it usually is, our stubble grazing programs are going to be completed that much faster. And so we're going to get to the winter feeding period pretty early in, in the in the fall here. My thought process runs along the lines of we better plan on feeding cows for about 225 days this winter, which is a long time. It certainly is. And, and given that, what kind of supplies are we talking about having to have? Because even right now, trying to source feed is a huge challenge. If we're having trouble finding um, sources of pellets in August and September, uh, how readily are they going to be available in, in February and March? And so we really need to think about long and hard about how many mouths we're trying to feed and, and make the plan now as to what you're going to carry. And that's why there's been a lot of questions about, okay, so is corn a good value? Uh, barley is price X and corn is price Y. Um, should I be buying corn? Because I actually know I can get it and barley, uh, I, I think I can get it, but I think this is what I'm going to have to pay for it. And so there's lots of questions going around uh, regarding buying barley versus corn and I look at the cost of both of them and go this makes for very expensive feed for feeding cows but we're likely going to need to use some of it so it's we're going to be have to be real sharp with the pencils and make sure that uh, we're feeding as much as we need but no more than we need to. How do we break that down? How do we make that determination of animals to feed? There's still some pretty good rules of thumb to work work off of and and one of the rules of thumb is always you know since we started making round bales is that you need a round bale for every cow for every month that you're going to feed and if we're looking at 225 days that adds up to we're we're nearly seven bales a cow um, is what we need Um, and so that's a that's a starting point um, again, if we're talking about keeping our calves, well, we can feed basically two to three calves on the same amount of feed as, as one cow. So the easy way to do it is two, is double it up, right? So one bale carries a calf for two months instead of one. So when we're talking about this, what are, what are some options producers should be thinking about here? Some of the options that producers have available to them are... Um, the re, the refuse feeds, the straw. Um, there's been a lot of acres of, uh, or a lot of miles of ditches have been baled, and uh, even that hay is going to be somewhat suspect. But at least it's it's hay. We've seen a lot of uh, sloughs did get seeded. Um, we're going to see some some additional forage resources coming out of those types of areas. A lot of it has to do with just working at it and and keep looking for forage resources because they're still available now, and we've got to keep working at in- increasing that resource base um, pretty much until the snow starts falling. We're going to probably be chasing uh, forage resources. We've also seen a lot of acres of kosher bailed up, 
Um, and it, so it comes down to this is a year where we're going to be blending a lot of feeds together. Um, this is going to be a year where uh, vertical mixers um, and tub grinders are going to get put to work, and there's going to be a lot of different things put together to make a ration that will be suitable to feed the cow to meet her requirements, but we'll be trying to stretch out the good feed as far as we can with some of these more marginal feeds. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? It's going to be a long feeding season, so let's do it well. Let's take the time to analyze our feed resources. Let's make a plan. Let's start working the plan, but we're going to have to be ready to adjust the plan as we go through the winter. I've been talking with a livestock and feed extension specialist, Dwayne Summack. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Beef Industry Conference is on this week. Go to CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. And 4-H Manitoba's 2021-22 season starts in September with 130 clubs throughout the province. If you're age 6 to 25 and would like to join a club near you, contact the Brandon office at 204-726-6136 or visit 4h.mb.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, farmers are resuming harvest operations. Reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Scott Perkin, a farmer in the Elgin area. The cereals, uh, how have returns been? Uh, what you expected or better or worse, how's it been? Probably, you know, as, as for our expectation, I mean, it certainly isn't last year's crop or the year after or year, year before. Um, but, you know, pleasant surprises in most fields, uh, um, you know, even with the lack of rain. Uh, so uh, just glad to have a crop. There's a lot of areas in Manitoba and, and the prairies that uh, have been much, much less fortunate than ourselves. And the canola, how's it looking, or do you not really know till you get into it? Don't know till we get into it. Uh, we've obviously pre-harvested some and done some swathing. Um, looks pretty good for the lack of rain that it had this, this summer. Um, and, and again, prices will help pick up some of the the downfall of the of the yield that'll be not there um but it's it's still a crop uh, amazing the resiliency of the canola crop and hoppers uh, were an issue in some areas uh much of one around your farm or no not bad in the cereal crops um and of course some concern after we had taken off some hay uh, and some silage that uh, maybe they would be moving from from those fields into especially soybeans um, and to some degree cereals and canola, but uh, did a little bit of spraying, almost more preventative than anything. But really, they they haven't been as much of a problem as we expected they would be here in southwest. Uh, still an issue in, in eastern Manitoba and, the, and central Manitoba, but not nearly as bad here um, around uh, Elgin Boys Men. And with the highs and lows not quite as extreme uh, <laughs> heading, heading into the fall, does that uh, shorten up the amount of time you have to get out onto the field each day? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're not able to stay out those those you know late late nights, uh, and now we've got these uh, heavy dews in the morning, which really slow down uh, progression of harvest. Um, you know, when it was hot and dry, we could get out there at ten, eleven o'clock in the morning. Now we're hoping to be going by noon, uh, just because it uh, that dew settles overnight and and uh, really makes things tough. That was Elgin area farmer Scott Perkin chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. I had a chance this week to chat with Richard Hyde. He's one of the owners of Hespler Farms near Wingler. Everybody knows it's it's one of the uh, probably toughest years we've had, at least in my career, in the last 25. But, uh, you know, we've still been blessed. It's amazing when you're expecting like a half a crop or, or 60% of a crop. Uh, and we've actually been uh, fairly pleasantly surprised where there's some stuff that's running, you know, 60 70% even 80% of what we would normally uh, average. So uh, it's still, it's one of those years that you'll, uh, you'll remember, remember for a long time, but uh, I think we'll make it through it. And, and uh, it's been good to see some moisture and, and hope for next year again. Uh, we're doing canola today. Uh, what, what other crops have you done uh, so far this year? We've cleaned off all of our cereals. So we have, uh, you know, there was some wheat, some oats, uh, and a little bit of barley as well. Uh, so those we luckily got cleaned up before, uh, before this previous moisture that we got. And uh, now basically uh, getting into the canola, and then there's a few crops to come yet. Corn and soybeans uh, left yet, or? Yeah, that's correct. Corn, soybeans, and uh, potatoes as well. So uh, a few of those late season crops that uh, some of the moisture will definitely have helped. And uh, um, so yeah, and it'll help for harvest as well, for, for sure for potato harvest, for softening up the soil and getting things ready for that. And how are those crops looking? Uh, it's probably about the same story as the canola. Um, you know, I think it'll. We're we're still hoping for let's say a half a half a potato crop and uh, hopefully a little bit more on the corn. We've been fortunate with some of our uh, some of our land around here has kind of held on to the corn a little bit better, but uh, that's probably about sixty uh, percent crop is probably what we're expecting. That was Richard Hyde, one of the owners of Hessler Farms in the Winkler area. We chatted earlier in the week. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The provincial and federal governments have launched two programs under the AGRA recovery framework for livestock producers to help with the extraordinary costs incurred for feed and transportation. They include the Livestock Feed and Transportation Drought Assistance Program and the Livestock Transportation Drought Assistance Program. Tyler Fulton is president of Manitoba Beef Producers. Manitoba Beef Producers sincerely thanks the provincial government for releasing the program details and opening up the application process for producers who need help to deal with the very serious effects of the drought. To say it's been a challenging time would be an understatement. We've seen producers making very difficult decisions about how many cattle they can keep based on the feed and water resources that they have. This has also involved herd downsizing and in some cases producers have dispersed their entire herds. Manitoba is also in the process of designing a cow herd rebuilding program. And Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers is giving a crop update in this week's Bean Report. Here's production specialist Laura Schmidt. Dry beans range from R8 beginning maturity to R9 full maturity. Field pea harvest is wrapped up in most areas and stag bean harvest has begun as crops have matured. She notes soybeans range from beginning maturity to R7, which means there's at least one brown pod on the main stem. Some fields are rapidly approaching full maturity. The recent rains have helped fill soybean pods and increase seed size in fields that were not yet mature. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. 
We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the cereal harvest. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.